0: Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. On today's program, we're going to be thinking about what God's voice sounds like. Now, that's an interesting thought to me because we can't hear God audibly. At least, I don't think there has ever been a time in my life that I've ever heard God audibly speak to me. I've had maybe one or two experiences that it was so real that it almost seemed audible. But looking back on it, I think it was just a strong impression that God had given me in my heart. And so God's voice is different from other people's voices in that when we talk to one another, You know, we're talking with our vocal cords and they're listening with their ears. But when God speaks to us, He speaks in different ways. And so today, we're going to be thinking about what God's voice sounds like and how we can hear His voice more clearly. And I hope this sermon will be a blessing to you. Amen and amen. Thank you guys for leading us and thank you for being in church today. Are you in a good mood? Say amen. Hope you're wide awake. you know, somebody said something to me last week. I need a little interpretation, a little help understanding what this man meant by his statement. But anyway, it's a friend of mine. He and his family, faithful members of our church. He's an anesthesiologist at a fine hospital down the medical center. And last Sunday morning, after the 11 o'clock service, he came up to me right down there. There were a group of us talking. He put his arm around me. He said, you know, John and I have a lot in common. They said, really? What do y'all have in common? He said, yeah, we put people to sleep every week. So... I didn't know how to interpret that, so, or maybe I do know how to interpret that, and that's what's bothering me. But anyway, hopefully you'll stay awake today. Open your Bibles, if you would, to the Gospel of John in chapter number 10. Today we're going to be looking at one of the greatest metaphors in all of the Bible, and that is the metaphor of God being our shepherd and we being the sheep of his pasture. This is a metaphor we read in the Old Testament and in the New. Everyone is familiar with the 23rd Psalm, which begins by saying, The Lord is my shepherd. And what's the next part say? Shall not want. And then in the 100th Psalm, down in the second half of the third verse, it says, We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And so the metaphor is, God is the shepherd and we are the sheep. God is leading, and we are to follow him. Now, in John chapter 10, Jesus taps into this metaphor and says something very, very interesting. Look in verse number 14 of John 10. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known by my own. So when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, what he was saying is, the one that David was referring to in Psalm 23 when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, is actually me. Jesus was saying, I am God. I am the Lord. The Jesus of the New Testament is the Jehovah of the Old Testament. It's the same person. Now, look in verse number 27 because this is what we're going to be thinking about mostly today. Jesus said, my sheep... Hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, the first phrase in that verse is going to be what we're going to think about today. My sheep hear my voice. Say that with me. My sheep hear my voice. Jesus was saying, one of the characteristics of my sheep, my children, those who belong to me, is that they have the ability to hear my voice voice. Now it's interesting, in the ancient world and even in the Middle Eastern world today, if you have a bunch of sheep up on a hillside and they're eating or they're playing or they're uh, laying down sleeping and then you have a shepherd down at the, uh, at the foot of that, of that hillside, what would happen is sheep would get mixed up with other sheep that, belong, that were supposed to be with other shepherds and so it would not be uncommon for you know, if I'm a shepherd and you're a shepherd and three other people are shepherd and shepherds and we all have a hundred sheep, for us to be taking our sheep out on the hillside and the sheep kind of get intermingled. Well, when the shepherd got ready for his sheep to go to the next place, wherever they were going, the shepherd would make a sound or he would call the sheep and the sheep that belonged to that shepherd would recognize his voice and they would leave the other sheep and they would follow their shepherd. But the other sheep, when they heard the voice of that shepherd who was not their shepherd, they wouldn't even look up. They wouldn't even stop eating. They wouldn't even think twice about stop playing or doing whatever they were doing. They knew that that was not their shepherd's voice. And so they just kept eating, kept sleeping, kept playing, kept doing whatever they were doing. Whereas the sheep who belonged to that shepherd, immediately when they heard the shepherd's voice, they recognized that voice and they followed after him. So when Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, what he was saying is what's true for sheep on a hillside when they hear the shepherd's voice is also true for my sheep. My followers, Jesus was saying, have an uncanny ability to hear my voice And to recognize my voice. And we can understand. We don't raise sheep. We're not shepherds. But you know how it is if somebody calls you on the telephone. Of course, today we have caller ID. You know who's calling. You know whether you should answer that call or not answer that call right by the caller ID. But even before caller ID, if, for example, your husband called you. Your husband would never say to you on the phone, Hey, this is your husband. I mean, if you ever get a call from some man saying this is your husband, that's creepy. Hang up and call the police. I mean, that's just, not, that's just not how a husband's supposed to call his wife. The wife would recognize her husband's voice, or the husband would recognize his wife's voice. A parent would recognize the child's voice. The, the, when my... When I was away in college or even, you know, like before Colorado, my dad called me. He never said, John, this is your dad. I just knew when I heard his voice, this is my father. In fact, I can remember when I was in high school playing football and on Friday nights we had the games and, and uh, in, in our town, just like here today, you know, lot, thousands of people would go to those games. And, and my parents had two tickets up on the 50-yard line, about halfway up, and as the game would go on, not, not often, but two or three times at key points during the game, maybe it was a crucial point, maybe we had just had a bad play, or maybe, you know, like the next five or ten minutes were going to be very important, or maybe I was tired, or I was a little down, maybe I had made a bad play, and I would be over on the sideline while the offense was playing, waiting for the defense to go back out thousands of voices in the stands people yelling screaming whistling but my dad had a way at just the right time to do a whistle he would whistle and i would recognize his whistle above all those other and i would look up i knew right where they sat and he would give me a little sign like keep your head in the game you know keep doing can you do that whistle can you still do it dad can you do that today He says he can't do it, but he could do it back then. And above all those whistles, I could recognize his whistle. I knew that was my... What Jesus is saying, my sheep hear my voice. What is he saying? He was saying, listen, those who belong to me, there may be thousands of other people in the stands, that people are screaming, people are yelling, people are cheering, people are booing, people are whistling, but my sheep hear my voice. They know that I am speaking to them. And when they hear my voice... They follow me. They stop whatever they were doing. They leave whoever they were with, and they come and follow me. Now, the first question I want us to think about today is what does God's voice sound like? Because when we talk to each other, it's an audible sound. Even when my dad was whistling, it was audible. I heard it with my ears. But God doesn't speak to us audibly. I'm not saying he can't. But I'm saying that's normally not how God speaks to us. So, how does God speak? What does God's voice sound like? Let me just mention some characteristics of God's voice. First of all, God's voice is convicting. It's convicting. Those of us who've been saved, we have Jesus living in our heart. When we do something wrong, immediately He convicts us, immediately He lets us know that we've done something wrong. Or maybe it's not that we've done anything wrong. Maybe it's just that we're failing to do something that we need to do. And the Holy Spirit convicts us. I know he's done, he did this to me recently. God convicted me that I've not been sharing Christ with as many people as I normally do. This was about two or three weeks ago. I just became convicted. And it was like God said to me, John, you're preaching, you're doing all your other responsibilities, but for whatever reason, you've not shared Christ. You've not led a person to actually be saved in too long. And I've been, I got convicted about that. And I prayed about that. And I said, Lord, that's the truth. And I want to lead somebody. And I started praying about that. And I started praying. Well, last week, providentially, I ended up on Thursday evening being in an appointment with a family in our church, husband and wife and their seven-year-old son. And they said, John, we've made this appointment to come see you. He's been asking questions about becoming a Christian. And I was able just to explain simply what it means to be saved, and that young man was ready, and that fella got saved. And I think he's coming forward in the second service this morning. But the point is, that was something God convicted me and said, You've not led anybody to the Lord in a while, and you need to do that. And I prayed about it, and it happened. So, God, His voice, first of all, is convicting, but God's voice is also comforting. Sometimes we're afraid. Sometimes we're worried. Sometimes we're facing something that frightens us. I've been through lots of times like that in my life, and I'm thinking of an experience now. I had maybe a year or two ago, I was in a setting, and I was a little bit nervous, and I was, I was by myself, and I, just, I was just sitting there kind of waiting for this whole thing to unfold, and God gave me a verse out of Psalm 46, verse 10. It's just like God spoke to me and said, be still and know that I am God. He spoke that to my heart. It just reminded me of that verse. And I, I thought, God, that is so true. But God's voice is comforting. You see, the devil, when he speaks to us, he frightens us and intimidates us. But not God. God comforts us. And then God's word is enlightening. Sometimes in life we're trying to make a decision: Should I take this job? Buy that house? Buy that car? Enter that relationship? Should I join this church? What should I do? Is God calling me to make a decision? For, and we, we don't know what to do. Or maybe we're just trying to plan a day. God, how would you have me to plan this day? And we pray about it, and God's voice it, it en, he enlightens us and he shows us what to do. I was home a few a couple of weeks ago, and I was kind of planning out my day, and I needed to go here and do this and do that and and speak here, and pray here, and do... I had about five stops, and I had numbered out. Okay, I'll go here first, then I had numbered it one through five. And right before I left my house, I just had a thought that came into my mind. And it was like God said, the thing that you're planning on doing fourth, do it first. Because that was going to be the hardest of the five things I had to do that day, or the most time-consuming. And so I'd move the fourth thing to the first thing, and I got it done. And then the rest of the day, I didn't have the pressure... Of doing that thing because it had already been done. Now, that's not super spiritual. That's not, that's not you know, like over the top, a, a wow experience in life. But I'm saying, as I was home getting ready to walk out the door, it was just like God enlightened me and God gave me a thought. Go here first. And it changed the, the rest of my day. And so, God will vo- give you a thought and He'll do things like that. His voice is enlightening. And then, God's voice is persistent. It's persistent. You know, all of us have thoughts that run through our minds. I mean, and sometimes we think, well, now, was that from God or was that not from God? Was that from me or somebody else or did the devil put that in my mind or, or was that from God? I've learned this. When God speaks to us, normally he keeps speaking to us. In other words, if God has something he wants you to do, it won't just be a random thought that popped into your head and then you never think about it again. But when it's God, it's a thought But that thought doesn't go away. I was listening to the radio the other day, and there was a lady on there who's a missionary in Japan. And she has been for many, many years. And the interviewer asked this lady, how did you know that God wanted you to be a missionary in Japan? And so the lady said, well, it was an interesting experience. She said, when I was in the sixth grade, I was in a social studies class at my school, and we were studying one day about Japan. And she said, as the teacher was lecturing on Japan and we looked at a map and there's Japan and we're learning about what they eat in Japan and what they wear in Japan and where they work in Japan and the weather in Japan and the economy and the political climate. She said, as we were learning about all of these things about Japan, she said, I just developed a fascination for that country. And she said, as I got older, that fascination turned into a love for not only Japan, but for the people in Japan. And she said, when I became a young adult, what had started out as a lecture, you know, just preparing us for a test, it became a love in my heart for the people living in Japan. And she said, I just knew that God was calling me to leave the United States, go to Japan, and to be a missionary. And so there's an example. That was God speaking to her, but it's not like she just had a passing thought in social studies and, you know, never thought of it again. No, she kept having that thought and it kept growing. And so God's thought is consistent. Now, think about what I've said so far. What does God's voice sound like? It's convicting it's comforting, it's enlightening, and not only that, it is persistent. And so the question and the main thing that I want us to focus on today is, how can we learn to identify God's voice? How can we hear that convicting and and, uh, comforting voice of God? How can we hear God speak to us since He's not primarily speaking to us audibly. Well, I want to give you four things, and I wish you'd just jot these down today on how we can hear God's voice. Number one, we hear God's voice when we read His Word. We hear God's voice when we read His Word. Augustine, one of the church fathers who lived a long time ago, Augustine said this, when the Bible speaks, God speaks. Say that with me. When the Bible speaks, God speaks. And so anytime you read the Bible or hear the Bible being taught or being preached, you are hearing the very voice of God. When the Bible speaks, God speaks. I want to give you two verses just to jot these down in your your notes. You don't have to look them up, but just write the references down. I want to give you two examples that I've had lately, just in my normal daily Bible reading, where God has taken a verse in the Bible and spoken it to my heart in a very meaningful way. First of all, Hosea chapter 3 and verse number 5. Hosea 3, 5. I read this a couple of weeks ago, and listen to what it says They shall fear the Lord and his goodness. Think about that. They shall fear the Lord and His goodness. And when I saw that in the Bible the other day, I don't think I'd ever paid attention to it. I I must have read it because I've read through the Bible, but I don't think I'd ever seen that. And I read, they shall fear the Lord. Well, that makes sense that we should fear the Lord. But then it says, and they will fear His goodness. And I thought, why would we fear the goodness? It seemed like we would fear the harshness or the judgment, but why would we fear the goodness of God? And then as I thought about that and... I read in my study Bible on maybe an explanation of that. It it became clear that what that means is that God's goodness towards us is so great and it is so undeserved that the very goodness of God should cause us to tremble and to be grateful for. and And all through that day, I just thought, God... I've never thought about fear trembling at your goodness, but you've been so good to me, and you are so good to me, that I tremble when I think about your goodness. And then another one that I thought was so good, Psalm 61 in verse 2. Psalm 61 two, and David uh, said this, he said, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When my heart is overwhelmed... Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, and I thought, that is so good, because in life, sometimes we feel overwhelmed. In fact, I think the next booklet that I'm going to write, I'm going to call it that, When My Heart is Overwhelmed, and it's been a while since I've written a booklet, and the reason is because the last time I wrote one, I got overwhelmed, and I thought, I've got so many things going here, I was doing two at a time, and I said, I can't do any. I have to take a break, but I'm getting back to normal, and I think I'm going to write one soon, but I just love that verse, and maybe today, you're here, and you're saying, man, I feel overwhelmed by life, family responsibilities, work responsibilities, health situation, finances. I just feel overwhelmed. Like it's not life is, is, is coming in on me and, and life is threatening to take me under. Well, remember what David said, when my heart is overwhelmed, God lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Aren't we thankful that, e- that even during those times in life, when we feel like we're going under, aren't we thankful God never goes under? God is never overwhelmed. God is never boxed in. God is never pulled down. And so God will keep our heads above water if we'll pray and trust Him with those things that naturally overwhelm us. Number two thing, not only do we hear His voice when we read His Word, we hear His voice through other people and through unusual circumstances, through other people. This is one of the most important things about coming to church. It's not just the worship, and it's not even just the preaching. It's the interaction that we can have with each other. It's not always at the church. It may be out in a place of business, or it may be in a restaurant. But just watch. When unusual circumstances begin to happen, and then from that unusual circumstance, if God through the life of another believer, does something, says something to you or does something for you, that may be God speaking. I had this experience happen about two weeks ago on a Thursday. In fact, it was Thursday, July the 19th. It was the same day where I had read Hosea 3, 5 that morning where it says, you shall fear the Lord and his goodness. And so I read that verse and when I left the house that day and Begin to start my day. That was the verse that was on my mind. You shall fear the Lord in His goodness. And I just was thinking, God, you've been so good to me, and you are so good to me. Well, as the day went on, I had a lunch meeting at a restaurant, which normally I don't do. I'd rather just have a meeting in a conference room. But anyway, we—I was with a really good friend, and so we had a meeting at the particular restaurant and got finished eating. We had met up there at, at one o'clock at Jimmy Chonga's right up here on. Uh, Center Street, nothing but the healthy food. That's what we were going for that day. And so we had met at one o'clock, crowd had kind of gone and had a great meeting, a great lunch and kind of catching up with each other. And about 2.15 or 2.30, it was. We were kind of going to. It had been a long lunch and we were going to leave and, and go back to, I was going to come to church, he's going to do whatever he did. And I said to my friend, you know, the lady brings the bill and he wanted to pay. And I said, no, 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 I'm buying this today. I said, you've been such a blessing to me. And such an encouragement, and I said, I want to buy this meal today, and uh, honestly, I, I had thought he might put up a little more of a fight, but then he did. <laughs> when I first said it, I mean, you have to say that, you know, and I, I didn't mean it, but I, he, he let me go on with it, and so I was out 30 bucks. I mean, his meal, my meal, and the tip, there was 30 bucks. Well, 30 bucks. So anyway, we were talking a few minutes later. These two ladies from our church walk in the restaurant, and they saw us, and they just had the biggest smile on their faces. And, and they came over to our table, and this one lady in, it was especially, like, really glad, to, which made me feel special. I mean, she was, like, glad to see us. And so she, she hugged my neck, and she said, John, you're not going to believe this. She said, when my friend and I, she said, we met at the church and so we could ride up here together. And she said, when, I was in the, when we were leaving the church, She said, I prayed. And she said, here was my prayer. She said, God, I just pray today that when I get to Jimmy Changa's, that John Redmond will be there so that I can buy his lunch. That's what she said. I started to say, let's do it every Thursday at 2.30 right about this time. But I could tell she was serious and and she was sincere. And she was even touched. that She couldn't believe I was there. And I said... Judy, that is the nicest thing I've ever heard of. I said, I can't believe you'd be thinking about it. She said, Well, I, I'm just being nice. I want to buy your lunch. She said, Give me the bill. I said, Well, as it turns out, I said, I already paid. I just, I just paid for the bill. And I said, But the fact that you would even be thinking about me today just means so much to me. And she said, Well, I was thinking about you, but I was doing more than thinking about you. She said, I came up here praying, you were here so I could buy your lunch. And she turned around and I didn't know where she was going. Well, she found the young lady that had been serving our table, and a few minutes later, I had an experience I had never had in my life. The, the waitress from our table came up, unzipped her bag, and gave me back the same $20 bill and the same $10 bill that I had given to her, the same money. It was a to- the reason I knew it was the same, I've memorized the identification number on those bills. <laughs> I have to hold them tight. But uh, she, and I thought, I can't believe this. And it just, when she did that, My mind went back to Hosea 3.5. They shall fear the Lord and His goodness. Now, one thing that made that extra special to me, and that lady had no idea about what I'm about to tell you. I've not even told her this yet. She could have not known this, but God knew it. She did that on a Thursday. Four days later, I was going to be, and I was, in the medical center for my three-year follow-up scan from that kidney problem that I had a few years ago. And even though I just have been confident and I knew, felt in my heart that God had healed me from that, that uh, I, so I wasn't worried about it. But if you've ever been through cancer or had anything like that, you know that as you get a few days away from that scan, you just naturally get a little bit nervous. And when that lady paid for our lunch that day, it was like God said to me through that experience. It was like God said, John, I know where you are. I know what you're facing, and I want you to know today, you're on my mind. And not only are you on my mind, I'm putting you on other people's minds, so they'll be praying for you. So four days before I even went to have the scan, that lady had given... So that was God speaking to me, and thankfully the scan turned out great, and I'm so thankful for that. But the point is, sometimes we hear His voice through other people and through unusual circumstances. Well, we're going to have to stop right there for today. The sermon's not over with, but we're out of time. And so we'll pick up the remainder of that sermon on our next program. But today, as you've been listening, maybe God has spoken to you. Just as we have shared from the Bible and, and God's Spirit has been working in your heart, maybe God has spoken to you and God has given you a word of conviction or maybe a word of comfort. Maybe God has enlightened you in some way or shown you what he wants you to do. I would encourage you, whatever you feel like God is leading you to do, you do that. We hope that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to you being with us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.